Hello and welcome to FNG1, the new fan's guide to Formula One and the world of motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck and with me as always is Sean. Howdy folks. Sean, we're here after Australia, which there's obviously a lot to say. I want to lead off by saying that I stayed up till three in the morning to watch this race. (laughs) That's your fault. That's it's my fault, but it this happened last year at Suzuka in Japan. That played out. That, yeah, that was worth it. But, but it was almost the exact same thing. I, it just like I was pot committed to watching it and it just kept getting delayed. It just <laughs> kept that last. That was a rain red, delay race, right? Wasn't it? Uh, that was the rain delay race. Yeah. This one was the three red flag race or two red flag race. But that. Three. Yeah. That last red flag was a real challenge to my spirit and my willingness to overcome every other fiber of my being that was saying go to sleep. There, I, there wasn't, in theory, when that second, when that last red flag hit, there wasn't anything new for me to see. In theory, hmm. it was supposed to be a boring race, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> but holy shit, this thing went late. I I appreciate the Twitter notifications um, the next day that acknowledged that I definitely wasn't going to be watching the race in real time. Oh, yeah. No, I knew. <laughs> well, for, for one thing, if you had been watching, you would have been one of the three people that was live tweeting that race. It would have been <laughs> off, too. It would have just my I'm out like at 1204. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you would have you would have hung it up early. Um, So that was a chaotic race. That was a really chaotic race. We've got we've got a lot of contenders for the new Gotifi. That's true. Boy, there was a lot. I mean, everybody's K-Mag. got a hand on that ball right now. K Mag is like, you know what? This feels like it's a little too simple at the end. <laughs> this feels too simple. <laughs> I'm going to launch this wheel into orbit. <laughs> I really like that on the on the radio. They had to tell him that he he had damage to the rear. As and they're they're playing that on the screen as we're watching it dro- it's, as it slides down the road on three wheels. Yeah, and they I get it. They can't he said necessarily he didn't feel see it. it. He yeah. said he didn't feel it. It just was kind of like <laughs> he did just right. He didn't like, feel it. It just felt like the the handling was a little off. Just red shelled that car. <laughs> Blink. But before all of the crazy ending to this, we started off with. Just something we're just going to touch on just for a second, Sean, because we're not going to make this the this is this is FNG one. It's about all of Formula One. It's not about the woes of Sean and Ferrari <laughs> exclusively, although obviously what, we have to talk about. And that's why everyone listens. I think <laughs> it's just it's just to hear How me. How pissed is he going to get this put one? you through an emotional roller coaster every week? Your boy Leclerc. What it, was it? How many turns did he make it? Three it turn three. OK. Two successful turns. Two successful turns. You could but, call the third turn successful. I mean, he got it all the way around and then backed up. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, he—if it was—it was overly successful. He continued turning when it's he too should much have turning. Yeah. So Leclerc was out almost instantly. Yeah. And I was just instantly like, "Oh no!" Yeah. This is, this is the whole episode now. <laughs> Lance Stroll's a goddamn menace. <laughs> Not that he was even entirely at fault, but it's like. But of course it was Lance Stroll, just because, (sighs) not not because, like, I mean, yeah, he sucks, but also, like, but of course because of FNG1. I think he's hit somebody 
in every race this year, including his teammate at least once, and I think twice. Well, he hit him this. Yeah, race. he hit him this race. So he's hit him twice. He? Already. No, that was signs at him. Never mind. But like Leclerc made the the just the classic mistake, rookie mistake. Don't try to pass Lance Stroll at the beginning of the race. Uh huh. I don't just stay you would back. Think he let, would know by now. That, that that's thing. on him. Well, I think it's a surprise that Lance Stroll's up there. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't expect him to be there. I think they're all still getting used to the Aston Martins being that that close to the front. Yeah. And Alonso, while driving aggressively, drives well. And And so it's not that big a problem. (laughs) But, you know, it's this Aston Martin in the hands of Lance Stroll is like just giving a toddler knife. Well, I was going to say like a Magnum. He's like, they've been giving him, they've given him a Colt 45 and he's just wandering around the streets with it. Yeah. So that was disappointing. And it was just that was like- disappointing and was playing amusingly to me. This was one of the things I was laughing at as I was trying to keep myself awake, it, continuing to play into my narrative that signs was going to dominate <laughs> Leclerc. <laughs> Oh, the yeah. driver's championship. But, you know, hey, fate bit us both if if you want to look at it that way. Man, and I And it was say, much funnier the way it happened to me. The dagger though, when I'm watching like signs pretty handily pass folks and setting himself up for an easy top five, knowing like they actually got the car decently sorted this week. Of course Leclerc got punted on the third corner. And of course, Signs was undone in the most hilarious fashion at the, the last way. possible second of this. Race. For a split second, though, I did get to say, like, Signs has paid Aston Martin back double because somehow he got rid of Alonso and then sights Lance Stroll into just driving off the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, they, and for a while, it looked like they weren't even going to give him a a penalty which i thought was interesting but i guess they had plenty of time to think about it during the that red was flag. a tough penalty it was that i mean it was brutal but also funny funny oh no extremely funny it was perfect and especially because like they finished under safety cars so they finished like- uh, it was it was somebody put it uh i forget who on uh, Twitter was saying that it was like they were going to speed walk to the finish line because it was under safety car, but the time did matter for how close everyone <laughs> finished. Yeah. To science. What a ridiculous application of a penalty. <laughs> so great. It was the best thing I've ever seen, Sean. Yeah. Uh, from I, my perspective, it's amazing. Oh, I thought it was pretty funny. Somebody, somebody uh, messaged me. I was like, oh, you must have been chuckling when something because the hour I hate for signs. I'm like, I'm not mad at signs. He had a good race. It's still pretty funny. Oh, but, it's extremely funny. But I would have liked to get some points. Yeah. Ferrari's, Ferrari's trying to get that wind tunnel time. It's all, it's all the master plan. I meant to look up a piece of trivia to see if I could catch you. And then I didn't look it up. So I don't have this information available, but I was going to ask you, when was the last time that Ferrari got zero points while finishing at least one car? Rants two years ago? Did they? They were real bad in that race two years ago. Huh. I wasn't going to expect the answer to be that recent. That was a 2021 disaster race. I'm like, Ferrari was in full panic. Like, the narrative was like, Ferrari is awful. Well, they were. Yeah. But, but it was I mean, also was the, the end of that, that. You know, it was like, fuck this car. We've oh, they on. didn't. <laughs> they, they weren't even like working on that car. It was just like, whatever this is, we'll just trot it out here. But yeah, I think. I don't know. That's just my guess because that race was particularly bad. 
at the uh, at the risk of sounding like a college football commentator at the end of a Longhorn game, is Mercedes back? Oh, they're back at least for this weekend. At least for this weekend until one of their cars burst into flames, which made it feel less back. I don't know how to re- read that team because, like, like we've talked about it. Lewis ebbs and flows between like an inspirational poster and like emo lyrics. Toto, I don't even know what he's talking about most of the time. And then George Russell is extremely blunt, but also wrong a lot. It's just, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like the most confident guy in like your like philosophy 101 class in college. He's completely <laughs> wrong, but he is so loud about it and so set on what he's saying. You son of a bitch. I took a drink right when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, the car seemed fast, though. It was pretty good. His new theory is that Max's car is actually way, way faster, and he's going slow so that the FIA doesn't change the rules. I'm sorry. Wait. That what? Was, that's Start- Russell's theory. Russell claims that Max is sandbagging in races. So that the FIA doesn't doesn't penalize them by changing the rules to make it more even? Yeah, going into next year. You understand that I need you to to step back and experience the whirlwind of emotions I'm feeling, which is that's hilarious because that's a very George Russell thing to say. Exactly. And also in my heart, I want it to be true. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what it is? I just thought it was a fun little like George Russellism. Like, what are you talking about, man? I mean, I've been thinking about this because, you know, I've one. I've always laughed at this idea that people put out in the world, but you know, now I'm I'm thinking about it again. Is those people who follow college football, and at some point you always hear some jag off on some message board say, "I bet it's not even fun for the Alabama fans anymore." You know, I bet even some of them wish that it was closer and everything. Not a chance. No, this is the first time that I'm kind of experiencing that, at least in a brief microcosm here of pure dominance. It's wonderful, and I want it to never stop. It's amazing. The part when it breaks over is when you're actually disappointed for like, oh, we only got third place. Like, yeah, you know, oh, he came in second. That sucks. We got to work on this strategy. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> like, that car walks away from the other cars at will. Yeah, right now, yeah, it's definitely doing that. Right now, it does, and it's really a lot of fun for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to gloat, but it's I'm interested to see why. Why what? Why it's doing that. What is it about that car? Because the interesting thing to me is Aston Martin has clearly picked something up by hiring Dan Fallows from Red Bull, Mm -hmm. and it must be straightforward enough that that guy could have brought it over on his head, in his head, and then implemented it in like a month and a half and got that good. Yeah, I, it would be cool because that that lends credence to the idea that maybe it's and I think you and I would both enjoy this. It is some simple but profound engineering. It's Adrian Newey. That's probably what it is. That I love the idea that that's what it is yeah. and not just that they're cheating, well, <laughs> which it could be that, too. <laughs> it's two parts. I think there's something about that concept that the car is very, very fast. Mm hmm. The car is very, very fast in a straight line. Like it's, it would still take a Herculean effort to beat them to pull, but that seems somewhat plausible versus beating them on pure pace in the race doesn't. And it's what they're doing to basically convert that qualifying pace to long run pace with the tire degradation. So it could be something very simple about that concept that works. Aston Martin will probably be caught out through the year by kind of being between 
two worlds here, right? They yeah, had a concept. because they'll they'll only have that engineering concept up to the point that it was developed when that guy left. Yeah, and it was still inorganically built in some sense, right? He's right. like, hey, I've got this idea. What's interesting is both Mercedes and Ferrari are saying like there are changes coming to the car. It's going to look alluding to the fact it's going to look more like the Red Bull. So have they found what it is in the in the one of them of the two found something in there that they can find some performance in? Because I said one of the two, we know it'll be Mercedes because Ferrari will never get this right because right, God Mer- is cruel Mercedes to me. will will work around the clock to yes. copy it if it's what will work. The world is cruel to me too, so Ferrari won't That's be the one. That's true. That, it, they it, will do it. It just won't work right. And engineering says that Mercedes will get there first, but also the racing gods say that yeah. Ferrari certainly won't. Oh, by by an engineering standpoint, Ferrari should have everything to get there. They've got great aerodynamics and amazing facilities and all this stuff. It's just that the world hates Ferrari. So. Yes, but also if you if you speak generally to the world population about German cars and Italian cars and you get German associated with engineering and Italians associated with style, also engineering, Absolutely. obviously, and German cars also have style. But let's be honest, those are the words immediately associated with those two. Yeah. yeah. So. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> We'll we'll see how that plays out. I mean, that's really the only hope for the season because otherwise, it's a murder. It's, Although it's we can looking grim at this point, I'm not gonna. We lie. can go for superstition and say that Max is on exactly the Charles Leclerc 2022 points pace. <laughs> the, he is on that points pace. So uh, so if we take he's we on take a on a different logic. planet when it comes to race pace. <laughs> I mean, if you if you went back to after Australia 2022, I would have been like. Ferrari's kind of on a different planet on race pace. <laughs> and boy, was I wrong. Yeah. I, oh. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm thinking of what you would have said versus what an objective observer might have said. <laughs> Last year, I would have said that it was all not time to talk about it yet because I'm very superstitious. That's true. I, I, I recall you uh, sandbagging when we would speak. So, Yeah, I'm very, very superstitious. Um, it's kind of weird because... Mercedes, Aston Martin, and Ferrari seem to be all pretty similar on pace. Ferrari mm-hmm. mostly can't stop dick tripping their way through any given event. Like yeah, qualifying that's, was that absolutely just seems stupid. to be the nature of Ferrari these days. The car, the you know, these last two years does not seem flawed, uh, but the it, go- but the luck, <laughs> the luck and the yeah. decision making around it is deeply flawed the car is currently a little flawed in the sense that it like destroys tires it eats tires um and but i think this weekend they finally just said like set it up so it doesn't eat tires and we'll just be a little slower in qualifying and then in addition to doing that they absolutely dick trip through qualifying i i can't fathom how you had two cars do the wrong prep lap but you know I missed the qualifying. I'm not going to lie to you. Basically, so I... yeah. So they sent them out to do two prep laps to warm up the tires to get them at the right temperature. And I guess they just told Charles to go after his first one rather than do the second one. They told him to go right into the back of signs. So through the first sector, he's like <laughs> slowing down for signs who's just dawdling around. And then they launch signs into traffic as well without prepping his tires. So both cars had like cold tires trying to start the lap rather than prepared tire. I mean, just dumb stuff. <laughs> how, do, how do they not have the money 
and means to just hire people who can get this stuff right? I have no idea. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Under no circumstances am I okay with you guys hiring Hannah away from Red Bull. They should but, hire Hannah. Yes, obviously they should, but they had better not. Just pay her whatever it takes. No, she's incredible and she's staying. That I have spoken. But anyway, so I, maybe they have because they fired all the people associated with last year. Now it's only been two races, so let's give the the new folks a couple weeks to figure out things. But yeah, it is amazing how much like. I think after qualifying signs is like, yeah, we lost three tenths in the first sector. So there you go. They should right. have been <laughs> like, how, how, anyway, whatever. But they so, look kind of good in the race until, you know, they didn't. Right. So last week we were talking about how the only interest or, or humor, I suppose that's, that's left surrounding Red Bull right now as it stands. And of course things can change in a single race. But we were talking about how interesting it'll be if, you know, the season extends and Sergio is still close to max and there becomes some infighting. And it's funny how a single qualifying lap can completely destroy that narrative for us for the rest of the season because that's I mean, done now. It's Personally, I think I think Checo's ready for the pressure it's going to take to beat Max over a season, not ready for exactly one lap worth of trying to beat Max over a season. <laughs> but that one lap has now put 15 points and it feels insurmountable. <laughs> he could quickly get buried. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the end of that. I think it's going to be a can, how long can Sergio kind of battle it out with Alonzo, who's got good things going for him here yeah. when when various people around the track aren't t-boning his car <laughs> i think i think the biggest thing will be the worst case for checo is ferrari and or mercedes figure something out i mean that's what's gonna happen that's and then fine. and then he's gonna be dealing with like lewis or charles beating him to second place in qualifying and then he's gonna get stuck dealing with alonzo and lewis and charles and god knows what george is doing um at any given time why does everybody want to hit alonzo with their car Oh, he's just hittable. I mean, it, is is this happening outside of the race? Is he just constantly getting in accidents? I have no clue. I, I do have to say, and I, I what was it? The portrait or, or the Dorian Gray to or Ferrari is the portrait to Aston Martin's Dorian Gray. That man has been hit how many times this season and has finished in third every time. I know it's pretty incredible that that he has been in multiple accidents. <laughs> the horseshoe in that team's ass right now. <laughs> is incredible. It is the complete antithesis to what Ferrari is doing. I mean, the really the funniest replay of that second or that last red flag start, the one where, or not the last red flag start, the second one. The last real one, yeah. Yeah, the one where everyone exploded is if you watch just like Days of Thunder driving into a cloud of smoke and debris totally fearlessly lance stroll comes out like squeaky clean on the other side just as the the red seas of debris and flying cars just part before him it's amazing to watch but, go back and watch oh. the replay of just him going through it's fucking blind luck watch it from his camera his onboard then, camera then put it together with the rest of it yeah he does it's amazing that, and then he shoots off the track into a gravel trap <laughs> the very next thing he does is just go cruising off into the gravel for no reason and somehow they both finish third and fourth 
<laughs> it's amazing. Wait, they finished third and fourth? Yes, because Signs got demoted from fourth uh, yeah. to twelfth. It's fantastic. At some point, that's got to that that luck has to come home to roost. I'm no longer believing that Ethanon is about Red Bull. This it's is got to be about Aston Martin. It's Aston Martin, right? Lawrence Stroll is the big bad of the current Ethanon conspiracy theory, because I don't know what he's done, but the results are speaking for themselves right now, both in a like an actual pace and finishing and everything, but also everything just seems to kind of go their way in a way that if I was a conspiracy theory guy would certainly trigger that, uh, that part of my brain. Alonso has finished on pole or on the podium every race this year. He's been hit by his teammate. He's been spun into a wall by another driver. I don't know, even know what happened in Jetta. I think it was pretty quiet for him. Just incredible stuff. <laughs> and then during the race, like one of my friends to really kind of dagger me is like, you know, if Ferrari had any luck, Leclerc really should have had those three podiums. Well, there's that is I because his, even... his rationale, the rationale was he was an easy P3 in the first race. He qualified in P2 in the second race and started 12th because of the power unit issue. And probably would have at least had a decent shot at it because you assume that he's faster than Signs through the race. And Signs was P. The level of galaxy brain like projecting of like oh, yeah, possible yeah. outcomes that we would be we'll required say that, of that. My my brain's not that nimble anymore. The first two races, ah, uh, he was in P three and started P two. <laughs> I, I mean, it's I just incredible. He you has have to say words. words there, Sean. I can't he's, just. No, it's just incredible to point out no, that he's tied okay, with, let, or he's here, behind Nico Hulkenberg. Take take what you're saying here and pretend you're not talking to me and you're talking to a bunch of people who don't know uh, anything about what you're talking about, which is also me in this case. And <laughs> you know what and, I'm talking about? Yeah, maybe I do, but flesh it out for everyone. <laughs> if it wasn't Ferrari, that dude would have like at least two podiums. Right, but get, uh, expand on that because he was in P3 solidly in race one. He would have started P2 in race two, except for the reason race one happened and the car ate itself in a completely fluke engine failure. Sure. This race, okay, that's a little bit less. The only thing is that Sainz was running P4 and we just got to go on the basic assumption that Leclerc is generally better than Sainz in most situations. And someday we'll find out because Leclerc will like do a race. He might finish a race. I don't know. Or even, you know, like mostly start one. He'll be the time. He would be a time attack god. How like many old- laps has Leclerc done this season compared to people who have completed all of the races? He did what forty of fifty three in the first race. He did the whole second race, and he did point point <laughs> six re- laps. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm done talking about Leclerc because I always feel bad now. Nah, Which is, is a bummer thing to say because uh, it was mean. more. Was, this was a missed opportunity last season, when the beginning of the season was very like back and forth with Leclerc and Verstappen, it and it was exciting. Last and season would have been worse for me. It would have no, the, yeah, the tail end of the season would have been catatonic. It would have been unlistenable. But what the hell, Alpine? How did they hit each other? I didn't really quite see that because I saw one wreck and then somehow both. They were, were out. both. I mean, they were both had gotten just on the other side of the chaos, you know, past yes. the smoke clouds. And 
I think Gasly was trying to avoid something in front of him by just sort of lazily going to the right and literally just did not see that Akon was yes. bo- like in his blind spot behind him to the right. And he took him into the wall, which then put him in the wall too. On the Man. last goddamn lap, if you had asked me, you know, they put up that driver of the day thing, like vote for your favorite. I, if I had been awake enough to get my phone out, I absolutely was going to vote for Pierre Gasly. And like literally like 30 seconds later, he just nuked the whole team. And just a soul stealing race. Uh, it crushed me. And it was the last time they're putting the pink cars out this year. Yeah, well, they'll probably want to retire after that. I think my favorite aspect of this race is the people who ended up getting points because 12 cars finished. Because McLaren is like, the car's really good. We got, you know, solid points this week. Like, eh. you do you understand, like, I do, no, 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 no. I don't think that they hold that illusion. That's what, I, that's what Norris said after the race. Uh, well, okay. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I even heard Zach Brown talking about how, like, they have to go back to the to the drawing board and figure out why they have so much more drag than everyone else on the track. This car is a piece. Why? Yeah, I mean, like the power unit's probably fine and everything, but it's like driving a cardboard box down the road. It's um, got to be fine. It's somebody else's power. It's uh, somebody else's power plant. Mercedes. I think. Yeah, I think it's Mercedes right now. Look at They're me looking knowing at stuff. This is a whole new world on FNG one. Yeah, Alpine broke my heart. Uh, we were so close to a, uh, another hilariously heartbreaking thing was there was a brief moment there before they reset the order where there was a chance Nico Hulkenberg was going to come in fourth. Yeah. Which would have been hilarious because he would have had a great race and still been denied a podium by one spot. Oh, my God. Which is the most Nico Hulkenberg thing that could have happened. It was like the most bittersweet thing when they put that up because I was so happy for him. You want to know how cruel it really is? What? Because if they hadn't reset the order, but they had penalized signs, he would have finished on the podium. Oh, my God. (laughs) They were like a corner away from like actually setting the field. Oh, he would have. Holy yeah. shit. He would have podiumed because the signs would have, if they'd given signs a five second penalty. That's amazing. That's maybe the cruelest thing I've ever come to realize. Jesus Christ. For people who haven't watched, I guess, Drive to Survive and everything, Nico Hulkenberg is the, what is it, the driver with the most number of races in Formula One without a podium? Yeah. Which is the worst record oh. I can think of to hold. Just a horrifically unlucky career. You you watched this race, right? You ended yeah, up watching it the next day. Did, were you listening to uh, Crofty talk about how excited he was about the possibility of Yuki coming in eleventh again? Oh no, I was on the uh, I'm on the UK feed. Oh, he <laughs> he talked about it like four different times about how if Yuki Sonoda came in eleventh, which he was in eleventh for a long period of this race, he would have been the first driver in history to come in the same position three times in a row and it wasn't a podium (laughs) i think so he was actively in the broadcast rooting for yuki Tsunoda to come in 11th like while he was in ninth this is like the uh (laughs) the honorary antonio Giovinazzi always finishes in in 16th that's right yeah there was a while there where it felt like he was always in 16th yeah when we would write down the finishing order it was just like i wouldn't even move his name just assumed he was in 16th (laughs) 
and then he was even commenting like before the the explosions in the last lap that depending on how that came out he was like and yuki Tsunoda could still come in 11th and i'm like dude you're rooting for him to fail on the like million 10 million person broadcast let's be clear that's like the most attention yuki's gotten this year it's true but it's kind of just still gone I, off the radar i love my crazy japanese man so uh back to hulk man it's kind of a travesty. He wasn't on the grid last year, and other people were. Yeah, because he's crushing it out there. He's really good. I'm, I mean, he's I'm really happy solid. for him that his comeback has been a good story. Because there was, there's totally a timeline where he comes back and the Haas is its usual piece of shit, and it's just disastrous infighting, and it's like, oh look, it happened again. But instead, I mean, they gave him a, for Haas a great car. Mm-hmm. And he's really getting everything out of it. He's getting points out of it. He's doing well. He's above Leclerc in the championship. Which is wild. Ugh. <laughs> it's fun well, to hear that. Can I make that my ringtone now? <laughs> you saying that? Just want to die a little. You can hear the sadness. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's really good. And it's really unfair that he uh, wasn't really on the grid. Because we had some real stars last year. Yeah. He and- can do some damage in that Aston Martin. And not yes, the same kind that Stroll does. Yeah, a different kind of damage. <laughs> he wouldn't hit Alonzo. Stroll does damage that you have to like report to an insurance agency. <laughs> not if you're rich enough, you don't. That's true. Dad just pays for that one. Who was your driver of the week? Lewis? I think it might be Lewis, right? Yeah. Boy, Alonzo he really was... goosed that Mercedes, man. He likes whatever they did that time. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to tell if he how much he's just whining about things. But I mean, Alonzo was playing games. He was playing games. They he really it was a tough race to manage. He did well, and I think it's probably a lot to come back from where they've been, uh, kind of emotionally with that car. Yeah, wouldn't necessarily read too much into it. I think I've, I didn't look. I need to should have looked up the numbers, but had seen something that Australia tends to favor not as fast cars. It basically compresses the field a lot and hasn't necessarily led to long-term conclusions about pace in the past. But we'll kind of see where that... I mean, we're three races in. It's three different tracks. We don't really know what we're doing with, dealing with, and nobody's really brought any major upgrades yet. So it's hard to say anything about anything, but they got it sorted and got some pace out of it, as much as they were sandbagging about it being the fourth or fifth best car. I am excited to see the upgrades. I want to see how much it looks like the Red Bull. Oh, I bet the Ferrari and the Mercedes end up looking a lot like the Red Bull. So is each iteration, so every, what is it, six, eight years they change the regulations, or is it just some random number? It's just kind of whenever they feel like changing them. Okay. So each iteration that they do this, uh, are you familiar with the concept of Carsonization? Yeah, where they all basically, yeah, yeah, yeah that's w- exactly where what happens. The world keeps, a, so Carsonization is that like in several different biomes around the world uh, at different times, the world has kept it re-evolving the crab. Like crabs. Like all of these different evolutionary cycles just keep leading to the crab. Like it is just this perfect solution to a problem. And I'm wondering is, is each iteration of formula one cars, is it like carcinization? Like they eventually all evolve the same car. And, yeah, that, start- and then that's when they say, okay, new regs. Yeah, I mean, they, they tend to do that. There's still things that are hard to overcome, and the rules change just enough that keeps it different or 
folks think there might be a different pathway to get speed and resources and all that. But uh, generally, yeah, if you have a good idea and it's visible, people will copy it very, very quickly. I mean, I see no reason not to. No, it's the exact. I mean, that's that's how every sport really works, right? You see yeah. a strategy. Like, I mean, it's hard. It's different because there's so much tech in this sport compared to other other sports. But, you know, like in football, if you see something you like, you add it to your offense. Um, that's exactly what they're going to do here. And, you know, Ferrari, Mercedes, let's say we're both really convinced that their design got them speed where they wanted it. And I think Ferrari, for a certain, wasn't wrong. You know, their car was very fast. The problem is, is they can't develop it in the right pathway that it's fast for a race. So they have to, at some point you say like, this isn't going to work anymore. Let's copy the one that we know is fast. Which is possibly what Mercedes is about to do. Well, Mercedes has to throw it all out because they thought their car was fast and they can't make it actually ever be fast, which is really weird. Yeah. So regarding Ethanon, I feel like we're taking Ethanon. Ethanon is our uh, our conspiracy theory about the the powers that be behind uh, Formula One, not the not the things you see on the track, the things you see off the track, or you don't even see because they happen in the dark rooms with the cabals. It seems like we're going in a new direction where possibly the new big bad behind the new deep state is run by. Lawrence Stroll. Yeah, and Lance Stroll is the Austin Powers of this whole thing. Wait, in that he's undoing Lawrence Stroll? Because that tracks to me. (laughs) He is the one that's working for, well, working technically for Lawrence. Yeah, no, I'm saying in in Ephanon, Lawrence Stroll is the Dr. Evil. So he's the Scott, which actually makes more sense to me. (laughs) I was just saying a goofy Canadian that was hanging out with British people too much. Oh, that's fair. But I think I have a new QAnon shaman as of this recording, as of about five minutes ago. I think that we've got to talk about where George Russell is in this whole thing, because he's got some thoughts. He's the wild card. (laughs) I mean, he's putting it out there that, what did you say, That, that Max is sandbagging the actual speed of that car and that it's even faster than they're showing it so that... FIA won't come and and change the regulations to even the field out more. Yeah, yeah. Max dropping three tenths on everyone in qualifying is actually just hiding the fact he could drop nine if he wanted to. And that is following up things like announcing that the championship was over after one race and that no one would ever catch Red Bull and they would win every single race. And then announcing that like they had the car figured out and it was going to be sorted. And then again announcing that it was over. It, it we're, we're just like, I feel like we're like three weeks away from his new helmet having horns on it and stuff. Or like bear skins. He's going through an edgy phase. I don't know, man. Is that edgy for him? That is edgy for that, him. I've seen his Instagram bullshit. That is, that is George Russell edgy. How is your fantasy team doing? A lot better since I dropped all of Ferrari and just switched to the all Red Bull. You just joined joined the rest of us in the Red Bull Aston Martin camp. And guess what? The gift is there because guess who I added to my team? George Russell. Mercedes hasn't had an engine problem like two years. (laughs) First race. Who did you piss off? I don't know, but I'm keeping Max. I've got Max, Red Bull, George Russell. I've got Aston Martin. Everybody's going down. Sean, this is a safe space. I won't publish this part. Are you part of Ethanon? 
Maybe. I wish. No, because that was that's this is not the outcome I would be pursuing. Well, but there's a lot of chaos to it. There's there's counter agents to what you're doing. Yeah, but the fact that Lance Stroll hasn't just like punted Max into the wall the last three races probably makes it. If if George Russell is my new QAnon shaman, then who is working, I guess, on the side of the good guys, the the Federales or whatever, to take him down by setting his car on fire. Plot twist, it's Max. Oh my God, Max is an agent of good? Maybe. Wouldn't that be a twist? Nope. I don't think he would actually take a line with anything. So he he's, in, in D&D terms, he's true neutral? He's, he's neutral, like, yeah, but it, it's just happening to play out as neutral good. It's not that he's intending to be good. It's accidentally good. It's just that the, the path that he's currently chosen happens to be good. Correct. Yeah, he's true neutral. Oh, wait. True neutral. Oh, my God. Now we have to do all of the D&D character alignments for drivers. You're going to send me, you're gonna have to send me a cheat sheet for it. Well, okay. So, the, <laughs> so we've got lawful good. That's going to be Hamilton. It, Right? Yeah, it's probably Hamilton. Sticks to the law and is a generally Alex good Albon. guy. Alex Albon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'll put him there too. So then you've got neutral good. I don't know who that is. Is that Leclerc? Neutral good is Leclerc. Oh my God. Yes. Who's chaotic good? Um, Alonzo is not good. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's back up now. He's not a good driver. He's not good, like, uh, character Good talent, wise. yes. Exceptional. He is evil. <laughs> he is chaotic evil or whatever. Yes. He's chaotic evil. Okay, no, that's good. I'll, I'll take that. Alonso is chaotic evil. Who's chaotic good? Chaotic good. Is it Gasly? <laughs> it is Gasly. Oh, my God, because he's chaos on the field, but he is a generally, genuinely nice good dude. I know, and he try, whenever he tries to act tough, it's more like, oh, <laughs> Who's lawful evil? Valtteri Botas. That's actually what I was going to say too, but I think he's a good dude. It just seems like it fits. I was actually going to say Max is no. lawful. He used to be chaotic evil, but <laughs> now he doesn't crash as much. <laughs> no, he's actually he's actually very like lawful at the moment. Yeah, so I would call him lawful evil. Yeah, that's probably true. That tracks. We'll just do the four corners. Because that that's the ones that and true neutral was oh wait we just said it was we said Max was true Max. neutral well Max is true neutral in in Ephanon, not on the track yeah he's we're gonna have to cut all this this is too much D and D talk nobody's gonna be interested in I think the best the best part is I don't know like any of it really I'm just kind of like feeling it out here <laughs> you're just doing it by context clues which is how yeah. we, hey guess what that's how we play D and D what is true is there like a true chaotic because how is Lance Stroll there. And what was Latifi? Chaotic neutral probably is Lance Stroll, actually, because he's chaos there, and he's not evil. He's just shitty. Chaos. He's, he's just, just chaos. <laughs> and then, like, you had to create a whole new, like, category for uh, for uh, Latifi last year, because I don't think chaotic even defines <laughs> what Latifi brought to the table. That's true. Uh, they call those a murder hobo in the game. <laughs> Right. Oh no, I am keeping this in and we're just going to really narrow our audience, but I'm really enjoying it. Or expand it. We just need to advertise to the tabletop <laughs> game community. Uh, <laughs> okay, so what's our next race? Uh, is it Azerbaijan? 
in three weeks. How long? It's in three weeks. Three weeks. It's Y'all aren't going to hear from us for another three weeks, which may be a blessing to some people. Who knows, but, man? Maybe I'll get into some like rumors in like a week or two and just go off on Twitter. So that's true. That. Or, you know, I'm going to pretend like there's even the remote possibility we would just do a bi-week episode. But let's be honest with ourselves. That's highly unlikely. Just I'll just drink some Red Bull and get uh, hyped up. I'm helping fund your team. Okay. I appreciate that. I'll go buy a Ferrari. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it sounds like an even trade. Um, cool. Well, then we're going to talk to everybody in what, like four weeks from now? Yeah, basically. Awesome. We'll see you guys next month uh, after Azerbaijan. Uh, I want to thank RCB05 for our cover art. I want to thank Chris King for our theme song. The track is Cat Mountain Drive off of the album Gold Pulse. Uh, you can follow me at DefNotChuck. Sean is at Sean underscore leg with two G's and we are at FNG1pod. If you can, go ahead and leave a review on whatever you're listening to this on. That is very helpful. And we will see you guys in a month. Thanks. Take care. I've actually put negative gain on yours last episode for the first time ever. Is this a violation of my First Amendment? Am I being silenced? (laughs) I'm I'm censoring you. You've been canceled. My takes are too hot. Your takes are the correct heat, but the wrong uh, amplitude. (laughs) 